You let me know when you're ready to go, uh, Benjamin. This word, the Lord gave me the title when I just went up and sat down to, before worship. And the title of the sermon, I said, what do you want to say about this? We could call it many things. But he said, this is what I want you to title it. What kind of Christian are you? We got a young man up there fighting for his life. Called himself a Christian. What kind of Christian are you? I didn't know that the Lord would put a seriousness on this word, but it is serious and I understand what's in his heart. Because last week, Pastor was really teaching and preaching to you some things. But as I was sitting here, I thought, half of this is just going right over heads because they have not understood we've got to come into fullness and maturity. That's what it's going to take in instances like we've just had here. This is serious business. Somebody's life is at stake. He's in his 30s, kids. He's a young man. He's a father of three children, three little girls that need him. Every little girl needs a daddy. Oh, my, how I wish I'd had one. What kind of Christian are you? I want to teach you some things. I don't know how far we're going to get. What, what time is it? Okay. I've got to move. I've got to flow with the Spirit. But I want to teach you some principles. I'm going to break it down and try to make it as easy as I can. But you are made up of three parts. You have a body. Right? Just if, some, if the guy or, per, or gal pinches you next to you, you're going to feel it. You've got a fleshly body. And the Bible says you've got a soul. Well, we can tell what our body is, but what is our soul? It is your mind and your will and your emotions. That's what your soul is. It's part of the personality that makes you you. Your body is made up of what? Fle- three. It's a triune. You're a triune being. It's flesh, blood, and bone. Okay. The Bible calls it carnal, fleshly. Your soul is so. So your soul is your self-consciousness. Your soul makes you aware of you. Just ask any little child. Their world is filled with self and what you're going to do to make life better for them, right? That's how we come in. That's how our soul works when we're born, when we're children. But the Bible tells us that somewhere along the lines, this soul can come into a mature level. It has the ability 
to communicate with our body and our fleshly needs, like a baby will cry when it needs a bottle and it won't stop crying until you fix it or has a bad diet. You know, that's how it works. The soul has three faculties. It can reason. You can think. You can reason. Your emotion. And your soul has the power of your will. Your will. What That means what you want, what you think you want. It has the power to make a decision that will cause you to act on that self-will desire. Okay? So it can be a decision to to act about yourself. We're going to learn about that in a minute. But it also has the ability to discern spiritual things and cause you to surrender your will to God's will. It has this ability. It can go two ways. But until you reach a maturity to come in, you also have a spirit. So you are body, soul, and spirit. What is the spirit? The spirit is God consciousness. You're conscious of God. You're aware of God. That's what it means. You know there's a God. You're aware of God. Your soul is your self-consciousness, and your spirit is God-consciousness, your awareness of Him. Your spirit has a conscience, your conscience, you know, that old guilty conscience. We're most familiar with that. It's also the conscience that tells us right from wrong. Right? conscience. That's what your spirit man. That's one of the faculties there. You also have intuition, intuitive knowledge. I'm sorry we lost our, one of our teachers is sick this morning in children's ministry and the other one just ran to the hospital and the other one's at work. So we apologize. Uh, Don't worry about it either if there's any noise going on. Don't worry about that. Your spirit has intuition. It's intuitive. I'm not talking about uh, superstition intuition, but I'm talking about a divine intuition that puts you in tune with discerning God's heart, discerning God's thought, having knowledge from heaven on high, ascertaining God's yes or no to you. When you go and petition God or you talk to him about something, your spirit man has the ability to understand or get a witness that he said, yes, Lonnie, you can do that, or no, you can't do that. Right? It's your conscience, your intuitive knowing and communion. Your spirit has communion with God. Come on. Your spirit has communion with God. So 
here we are, body, soul, and spirit. Now, I want to tell you something. I want to tell you something big time. God loves you, and he has a plan for your life. God loves you. He has a book in heaven, books in some cases, because some of you have so many chapters. And you're going to live a long life, so it's going to be in many volumes in heaven. But God doesn't want to leave you where you are today. He wants you to be complete. Amen? He wants you to be complete. He wants you to be whole. He doesn't want there to be any deficits in your life. Anybody have deficits? Yeah. But he doesn't want to leave you there. He's got a plan. He's got a master plan. When Jesus ascended, we just went through Passover. We're still in that period of 40 days that Jesus was walking around and they were having Jesus sightings all over the place. And he was showing up, and he was teaching them, and he was trying to get them prepared and equipped for their journey, their next few steps of destiny. And when he did that, and he completed that at 40 days, and he told them to wait 10 more days in Jerusalem for power on high, just to go wait at Pentecost, he ascended. They saw him be lifted up from the earth. They saw him raise up, and he went up until they couldn't see him anymore. I guess it was like the closest thing I can imagine is when you just were a kid and you had one of those helium balloons, and all of a sudden, you know, you don't know. You see this a lot at Disney World. <laughs> kids let you see them going all the time, and poor little crying kids. It's, it's gone. It's going in the sky until you can't see it anymore. How, how, how many of you watched one until... So you can't see it anymore. And apparently, I guess it was like that. And they said that the same way you saw him leave, you will see him return. That's what the Bible says. He's going to come back that way. Only he's coming down to us. Amen? The Bible tells us in Ephesians 4.8, I want to read it for you. I want to read a few of these scriptures. I want you to know. It says, When he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. Well, what in the world are these gifts? It tells us in verse 11. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. He gave them to equip you. And that's why we have apostles in this house. That's why we have prophets in this house. That's why there's evangelists in this house. That's why there's pastors and teachers that are in this building today to have relationship with you and to equip you and to teach you the word. Because if you don't understand what body, soul, and spirit means... You will never grow up into the fullness. You will not be complete to the building up of the body of Christ. Verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature 
which belongs to the fullness of Jesus Christ. So he sets the bar high. This isn't, this isn't how low can you go. We're not playing limbo here today. It's how high can you go in Christ. It's how mature can you go in Jesus Christ. It's how can we walk by the Spirit and be called the sons and the daughters of the Most High God. That's what this word is about today. If you don't get this, you won't grow. You'll remain where you are. It's a little thing. I don't know. It's like flipping a switch. And I prayed all morning, and I prayed. I was up till 4 this morning praying, praying, praying for you, praying for your body, praying for your soul, and praying for your spirit, that somehow when God tripped the switch in me, the light came on, and I had, wor- I had revelation, understanding. Something flipped, and I got serious, and I realized this is real. This isn't just words that Jesus said or some other apostle said. This is my reality. I can actually have this. I can reach out in my destiny, and I can fulfill it. And I began the race. I might be sitting on a pew when you see me, but I sang a song in the Spirit. I will run for you. Each one of you has a new song. This is the New Testament church when everybody that comes here has a part to give, has a word, has a scripture, has a song, has an exhortation. This is the New Testament church. We're moving out of the old. There's apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists here. There's fivefold ministry here. There's anointing here. There's the eternal flame of his presence. And he's here to equip you and cause you to mature and enjoy this wonderful life because what kind of a Christian are you? That question hangs in the air today. What kind? There are three kinds. Also, I want to go to Thessalonians. I want to just back this up with another witness that he wants you to grow up. Uh, if, you're, if you're writing these down or you want to look, go to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. This was Paul teaching. And he said in verse 23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. This is God, the God of peace himself. May he sanctify you entirely. And he says, and may your spirit and may your soul. That room right there has a window that you can see right in here and hear the service, okay? And soul and body be preserved complete. May it be preserved complete. When? At the coming of the Lord. It doesn't say after the coming of the Lord. 
Some think that means after he comes, he's going to make us perfect. Well, some will have maybe have that experience. But he's, he's bidding us, he's exhorting us, may your body, soul, and spirit be preserved complete at the coming of the Lord. We talked about the return of Jesus this morning. Are you getting this? Do you get the seriousness that God wants? So here we have two scriptures. He wants you to grow up in all things. He wants you to be preserved complete. He wants you to have the fullness. Um, he wants you to have more understanding than I have of the Bible right now. He wants you to have more giftings than I have right now. He wants you to have more faith than I have right now. Because I haven't attained to the full stature. And he wants you to have more. He wants you to have more. He wants you to have the ability and the power from on high and a relationship with Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit that he will lead you in righteousness and he will fill your mouth with every word that he wants you to say in any given circumstance. That when you lay your hands on the sick, they will recover, they will be healed. That when you speak to demons, they will shudder and flee and run from you. That's what he wants you to have. He wants you to have more power than I have right now because I know there's more and I want more. I know that I can't survive on what I have today. I have to have more. And I'm pressing in. And I'm saying, talk to me. Talk to me, Jesus. Talk to me, Father. Talk to me, Holy Spirit. Reveal to me these mysteries. I'm a kid. I'm a little girl that says, why? Why, why, why? Why this? Why that? He doesn't always answer me just like my mother did, but he doesn't tell me to go away. <laughs> he doesn't tell me to go play somewhere and get lost. No. He just lets me keep talking. Build your relationship with him like this, kids. He's so wonderful. His promises are real, and he's faithful. In Hebrews 4, 12, it says that the word of God divides asunder between soul and spirit and every joint. It talks that the word of God divides it, and that's what we're doing today. We're dividing you up into three parts, and I want you to become familiar with the three parts so that when you're moving and you're walking in your life, you know what's operating. Is it your flesh? Is it your soul? Or is it your spirit? Because we move in and out of these realms, trust me. Just, uh, you know, last hissy fit you had in anger. Yeah? Whatever it was. Mine was probably wanting to throw my computer. Okay? That, w that would be me. Or my, you know, something isn't, something tech, <laughs> some technology is not working for Kathy. And I rise up, and my soul wants to operate with my flesh and kill it. Get up. Like. <laughs> James 1. James 1 says, it's about the word. That's why I'm giving you a lot of word today. James 1.21 says, humbly receive the implanted word. I'm sowing seed today. 
I am sowing seed today. I came with a big bag on my back. I am sowing seed in you today by faith. And I prayed over it till 4 o'clock this morning, and then I got up at 7. And I came in here, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, ready to plant seed, ready to dig. Sometimes you've got to beat that ground. If I have to come beat your ground, I will, to get the seed to get planted in your heart so it will sprout, and you will get this word. This word that James told us, James, the brother of Jesus himself, said, humbly receive the implanted word that is able to save your souls. Because my soul needs to be saved. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus, but there's some sanctification that's got to take place in every bit of my soul in every area of my flesh. Amen? Amen? Okay, let's get to this word. There's three kinds of Christians. They fall into three categories. Try to make this simple. There's the unsaved man, before you found Christ. The Bible calls that the natural man. The person who is not born again. He's called the natural man in the Bible. He can't understand the Bible or the things of God. That's what the Word of God tells us. You didn't really understand it before you came here. And some of you are saying, I still don't understand it, but I'm here to learn. And God loves babies. Don't ever sell yourself short. We're in this process of growth. Okay? The word, 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. And they, they haven't had their, they haven't been born again. When you got born again, you got awakened to this. Wow. That experience. The saved man, the born again man, goes through three stages of growth. Once you were born again, you will be one of these three different types of Christians. And as you continue to grow, you will fall into any of these three categories along the way. Okay? You can still maneuver and run around these. What I'm looking for is that steadfast walk. That I'm taking the narrow path every time, the narrow gate. Amen? That I'm picking up my cross. Jesus said, pick up your cross daily and die to yourself. That is your self-life, your soul life, your soul man. Okay. In John, 1 John 2.13, if you're writing these down, John refers to us as children, young men, and fathers, those three stages of growth. You can be a child, a young man, or a father. Matthew talks about our receiving by our faith and our walk 30%, 60%, or 100%. Which do you want to have? I want 100. I don't want to settle for 60. I want 100%. 
And I'm sowing that seed in you right now that you will want 100%, and you'll be willing to do whatever it takes to receive that, that by your walk. I want an amen right now. I'm gonna come, don't make me come out there. Don't make me come out there. 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, there's the natural man unsaved that I just read to you. There is the carnal man, the fleshly man, and the soulish and the spiritual Christian. Our goal is to walk and be led by the Spirit and to obey Him and and walk a hundredfold and spiritual Christian as an an overcomer. Galatians 5.16 says, Walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the Spirit, you won't be fulfilling the lust of your flesh. And believe me, they are multitude. Just in case you didn't know and you think that you are good, forget it. They beep up and blip up all the time. Just let me walk by a cookie while I'm on a diet. Ah, come on. It's that simple. The lusts of the flesh are many. I don't need that cookie. Take a look, kids. I need to get lean and mean. The first stage is ruled by the body. That's your first stage of growth. You're ruled by your body. The lusts of the flesh. The carnal Christian or babes in Christ. They don't know any better. You know, they still, they're coming out of their sin life. They're coming out of practices they've run with for a long time. They don't really know too much, but they're learning, and they want to. And God just loves them, and he thinks that they're adorable, and I do too because he loves it when he downloads something on them, and they get it. And it's just like a brand-new baby. Oh, did you see them do that? They smiled. They cooed. They grinned. They blinked. You know, we get excited, and that's how God is excited about a young babe Christian. And 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3 says, And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. You are still carnal. So when you're living as a carnal Christian and just doing whatever you want, whatever the old flesh wants to do, God has to give you milk. But I'm here to give you something besides milk today. I'm trying to get the bottle out of your mouth and give you something that tastes good. It's called the Word of God. And if you'll humbly receive it, it will save your soul and it will set you into the next area of growth with God. A body-ruled Christian, a flesh-ruled Christian, or a carnal Christian has the nature of the flesh. These new Christians or babes in Christ show the following signs. In 1 Corinthians, Paul said, For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal or behaving as mere men? Ever have any of that in your life? Divided? Divisions, envy, strife, immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, lasciviousness, jealousy, outbursts of angers, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, and the like, lust, seditions. These are carnal manifestations of your flesh. That is the carnal Christian that kind of lives in that kind of will. We can get out of here, and that's what we're here for. 
We're here to learn the Word of God. We're here to learn what God wants us to do, how he wants us to live life, and he wants you to have the abundant life. He wants you to be so blessed that you're just skipping along. He wants you to have the word, his Word in your mouth, and you've got to read his Word to get his Word. Is that true? You've also got to have faith, and faith comes by hearing. And I prayed over your ears last night that you would have ears to hear. And I prayed over your eyes that you would have eyes to see. And I prayed that your heart would be fallowed ground to receive the word of God today and put a hunger in your belly. Hunger. Not for what's lunch over there coming, which is good, but a hunger in your belly for food from heaven. Bread from heaven. Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of the living God. Come on. You've got to be able to hear what he says to you. Not just what his messenger, me, is saying. But I'm here to give you the message today. Can I get an amen? Does anybody want to move out of carnality and go to the soul realm? The second stage is the soul. A man or woman that's ruled by the soul, their will, mind, and emotions. The soulish Christian self is using its own strength, not God's. Some of you are living in your soul and you're using your own strength to overcome and you can't do it. You become frustrated. You get upset. You think God's promises are never going to work. Like, why isn't this working? I've seen it work for others. It's when you make a transition into the spirit and you begin to lean on God. We'll talk about that in a minute. But do you know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever been frustrated? Sometimes I'm going along. I can still slip into that gear. It's like a gear, it's a gear shift on your car. And suddenly I can go along and I'm really back in reverse because I've reversed back to the soul realm and I'm trying to do something in my own strength, in my own knowledge, in what I know from past experiences and how this works. And it doesn't have anything to do with how God's going to do it this time because Jesus had different ways that he healed people. Sometimes he just spoke a word. Sometimes they just touched his clothes. Sometimes he spit with dirt and made a little spittum clay thing and put it on people's eyes and they got the blind, the blind man got healed. It's not the same every time. And if we lean on our soul and our own understanding and knowledge, which might be good, I mean, it's part of our life experience. I'm not saying it can always be bad, but it not, if, it's, if I'm moving backwards and it's not working, then something's wrong. I got to get in the spirit realm and I got to find out what God is saying to me this moment right now about this situation. I've got to have it. Or I'm not going to get the result I want. <laughs> if I keep praying the same way over a situation and I'm not getting results, then I need to figure out what I need to be praying. Amen? Sometimes it's specific, sometimes it's come forth. We've all got caves with dead stuff in it. There's parts associated with our lives that are decaying in some cave. And we put the stone over it because we thought it would never change. And it's just get it out of sight. And put it up there in that cave and roll the stone over it and seal it too. Because it was stinking in this life, and I just can't handle it, and nothing's working. But I'm telling you what, 
Jesus had a plan. And even though when he came to pull Lazarus out of the grave, and they said, it's too late. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Nothing is impossible with me. Do you believe it? And there comes a time that you have to stand before that cave. And you have to believe that and walk in the Spirit in the hundredfold place. Not 30, not 60. It's got to be 100%. And you speak to that thing and you say, roll the stone back. And you say, come forth. That's, that's a Christian walking by the Spirit. It doesn't happen in the soul realm. Because you just doesn't, you don't know enough. Unless your soul is submitted to your spirit and knows what God wants to do. And then you take your soul and all the good things. See, we're not here to kill the soul. We're not here to kill the flesh. We're trying to get it to submit to the spirit man that God put in you and mature it so you walk in the stature of the fullness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Complete body, soul, and spirit at the return and the coming of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can I get an amen? Okay. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit's watering now. Watering. It's miracle seed. It's kind of like Jack and the Beanstalk. You know that miracle bean? You guys know that story. Sold everything for those few beans. Put it in the ground, and that sprouted, and that thing grew the next day all the way into the heavens. Well, I'm telling you, if you get the seed and he waters it, it's going to grow into the heavenly realm right where Father is seated, on high, on high. And you're going to get understanding. And you're going to be taking faith actions that are going to change the world and change your world and transform everything you do. And you're going to live in the abundant life. Amen? Amen. A soul-ruled Christian is one who tries to walk in God's ways with his own mind, figuring out the best way to do it. We don't want to do that. He's grown past the carnal stage, but he doesn't hear God's specific directions for his life. Signs of soulish Christians are self. Everything revolves around himself. Selfishness, self-interest, self-preservation, the wanting of earthly possessions. Come on. I need this. I need that. I need a new controller. I have 42 but I don't have one in this color, right? Come on! I have, this, this one is one, I'm, I'm applying it everywhere right here too. I'll go into a store. I'll be looking for a blouse. I think I need a new blouse, Lonnie. Yeah, honey, get a new blouse. And I go and I look everywhere, and then I go over and I find this black one. I have... Fifteen black blouses. You guys see me in black all the time. And I'm going, oh, I really like this black blouse. And he's like, what is wrong with her? Do you see what I'm saying? (laughs) Come on. It's just, what do we do? What am I thinking? I'm just saying how we can get into these mindsets and things. Uh, I'm just joking with you here, but, but this... But this soulish Christian is thinking about everything and, and he wants to satisfy the flesh and everything that deals with pampering self. 
I do like to be pampered, and God will pamper you. I've had him pamper me for sure. But do you know what I'm saying? It's it's his bidding, not mine. His own time, the the most noticeable sign of soulish Christians. He looks like he's ready to pass out from this word. His own time. This is an important thing. The soulish Christian, his own time, his time, the most noticeable sign of a soulish Christian is the soulish man's time is his own. Don't mess with my time. No, I need, I need me time. I gotta have solo time. No, I can't join you for this. I can't do that, Lord. I've, I've got to have a break. You know, I've been doing all this stuff, and I, I've been on overtime. Come on, I was up till four. Get somebody else to preach this word. You might be mad at me when they go home. God's going to be messing with you. I'm so excited. He's going to be messing with you. Why? Because he loves you. And, and if you're walking in the soul life, you're not walking in the spirit life, which is where the abundance is, guys. It's all the things you thought you'd never do. It's only for other people like pastors and apostles and prophets. A soulish man's time is his own. He's generally disobedient to the call of the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit says, I really want you to do this, and he's like, no, I, I, I can't do that. We'll, we'll do that next month. I'm busy with this project. You know, the one I've been talking to you about, the one I've been asking you to bless me in. Yeah. We get busy with our own projects. Disobedient to the call. He uses different excuses to not serve God. You know, life. Oh, I had a flat time. You know, I just can't. I'm doing this. I, I, I can't do that. Sorry. He puts earthly things before the call of God. Another sign of a soulish man is his mouth or his tongue. You will hear cursings. Anybody ever let one slip? Anybody ever? See, that's a soulish attribute coming out of our mouth. That's what I said earlier. You'll go in and out of these places. But at least you're going to know it's the soul man or the flesh man. You're going to know what to stay away from. A critical spirit brings envy and strife. If you're critical of things, critical of people. The soulish Christian exalts himself. He's always pushing himself forward in God. Many things he does are to look good. They want to look good. And they want to make... The soulish man wants to make people think he or she is religious. Humbly receive the word of God that is able to save your souls. Humbly receive it. That's an attribute. Oh my gosh, I remember doing this. I remember when I was stuck in Soulville and I wanted to be spiritual because I could recognize it. I knew what was spiritual. I could see the spiritual life in other Christians and I wanted that. And I tried to do everything in my own strength (laughs) instead of waiting on God 
and letting him bring me forth. The soulless Christian can overcome through reading the Bible and prayer. But that was the last thing I really wanted to do. I wanted to dress like the spiritual one. I wanted to get my hairstyle. I wanted to act like them. I wanted to have friends and be popular like they were. I was busy working on that. I I, I didn't have enough time to read the Word. I, I didn't have enough time to wait in the presence of God. I was too busy trying to be spiritual when the key is prayer. Talking to God, that's what prayer is. I was, I was too busy. Spent many years working on that, worried about what I look like. Now, (laughs) you know, I want to be my best for Jesus, but that isn't important. Do you know? It really isn't. If you come over and see my hair sticking all out and no makeup on, and you say, hi, is Kathy home? Because you don't even recognize me. It's true. That's happened at my house. Yeah, that's how bad it is. You know, so what? Jesus knows what I look like, and he loves me just the way I am. He loves you just the way you are. He made you just the way you are, and he's got a plan for your life, and it's better. The third stage, you're ruled by the Holy Spirit of God. Is that what you want? You better say yes, because I'm going over time by seven minutes here, and I'm going to try and wind this down in a couple of minutes here. But he who is spiritual... 1 Corinthians 2.15, but he who is spiritual judges and tests all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Like, you can judge me, but guess what? has no effect. Because the only one I'm worried about is the real judge. You're just plain judge. You think you're the judge. Yeah, you can do me some damage. Sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's a myth. Many people's words and their judgments have hurt me and caused me great pain. So what? It's the sufferings of Jesus Christ. They hurt him too. Paul said, I like the sufferings of Christ. Well, I'm still trying to learn to really like them, But I've learned to get used to it. Are you following me? And it's like I got my buddy next here. And I go, Jesus, show me how to walk through this. Because I'm just not going to be wounded over this. I'm not going to let this get me down. See, that's a spiritual man or woman talking. The soul man is whining, pity party, revenge. How can I spread a story about the one that's spreading a story about me? How can I slander their character? That'll fix them good. Oh, I know the good's on them. I could tell that one. Isn't that what the soul man does? No. When we start to walk in the spirit, we're walking, we're cruising with Jesus. We're cruising. We're not dealing with that stuff. We're not going to get down over that stuff because he's the one that matters. The signs of body, soul, and spirit, his body 
This is for the spiritual Christian. His body is in submission to his spirit and does not indulge in the lusts of the world. Number two, his soul, his will, mind, and emotions is in submission to his spirit. His will is completely one with God. It's one. It's like everything. He, he does only what God says and he, and he wants and not his own desires. He's really trying to walk this out and obey Obey God. His spirit is in submission and in fellowship with the Holy Spirit. He begins to know when God is telling him to do something or whether it's just his own will coming out. You will get to a stage that when your soul tries to act like and talk like God to convince you of something you really want to do, you will be able to discern that that's all it is, is your soul trying to do uh, a God act and you give and you go back three times. You go back three times to God and say, well, not my will, but thine be done. Not my will. If there's any way to get out of this, not my will, but thine be done. And then God comes in and he speaks what he wants into your life and you do it. Amen? Because your spirit, that born-again spirit that's in you, begins to grow up. And it gets strong because you've been feeding it the Word of God. You've been, you've been getting in and getting sermons like this one. Because this isn't a milk sermon. No, you may not like it. You, 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 you're crying and go, I don't like that. And you're trying to spit it out. No, don't you dare. You start, I just, you know, when my kids tried that, when I tried to feed them something off besides milk that they didn't like, and they would go, I would just scrape it off their face and cram it back in. And that's what I'm doing to you this morning. Because I love you. And you must have this nourishment. You must have this. So you will grow strong and grow up. Amen. Yeah, and they do it again. I just Finally, they figured she's going to shove that in my face. I love you. Because guess what? You're just having veggies. We're giving you meat today. We're giving you some meat and potatoes. Come on. Some of you boys are meat and potato men. I know some of your big boys, you that's what you like. Oh, Lord. Other signs of a spiritual Christian is he knows his body is not his own but God's. He's not sinning against his own body anymore. He knows that it's not his, that Jesus paid the price with his blood on that cross. And he owns you. And he purchased you. He owns your body. The one who is not spiritual does whatever he wants to do, whenever he wants to do it. The spiritual Christian always checks with God and only does what God through the Holy Spirit leads him to do. Are you checking with God? Check it out with God. The Lord is Lord of his time. That means he owns my time. That means he's interrupting my plans. He interrupts your plans. Jesus got interrupted all the time. He was going here and there, and people would interrupt him. Right? He understands being interrupted, and what did he do? He went with the flow. He looked at the Father. He says, Father, what are you doing? Father, what are you saying? Oh, that's what I'm going to do. Then I'm going to do this right now. Something you want done. The Lord is the Lord of the spiritual Christian. His time is no longer his own. 
to be spent as he wishes. This is one of the first steps you have to take if you want to be a spiritual Christian and walk in the Spirit. You have to surrender your body. You've got to surrender your time. The spiritual Christian prays for others. They're not so self-centered prayers. He takes time, he or she takes time to regularly pray for others and seeks the Lord, not for their own selfish motives, but for the blessings of others. The spiritual Christian comes into the presence of God each morning. He hears what the Lord says, and then he does it. Ouch, when I'm about to say this. Remember when Jesus went into the garden before they came to arrest him? And he brought in a handful, and he says, come and pray with me. And he kept coming back, and they were asleep. And he would say, can't you pray for me? With, for, uh, can't you just pray with me for an hour? Pray with me for an hour. But did you get what I said? Can't you? He said, can't you pray with me? With me. The word says that Jesus is an ever mediator right now. He's making intercession for you. He's a great intercessor. What if you went and instead of spending prayer time with your own agenda, you went with Jesus and you did a we, pray with me? Could you and Jesus pray together? Could it be that he could reveal what's on his heart and what's the most important thing to pray for or who to pray for right now? And you could join in prayer with Jesus for an hour? That's one hour out of a whole day. Jesus said, can you pray with me for an hour? Can you pray with me for an hour? It kind of alters your whole prayer thing. I'm going to pray. Instead, why don't you and Jesus pray together for an hour? Could we all try that just for this week? Would you commit to it for this week? Would you go and find a place and pray with Jesus? Understanding that he's right there in the room with you and say, what are we going to pray about and start in? Do it by faith. The prayers he was praying that night changed the world. It changed everything for your life. The prayers he was praying that night changed everything for you and me. And it gave him the grace and the power to go to the cross. I've got three more minutes. Hang in here. Keep focused. Jesus, I love that. Won't you pray with me? I love that. The spiritual Christian, I'm on point six, and it's the last one. The spiritual Christian has purposed in his heart not to let anything or anyone take him away from the call of God on his life. Are you hearing me? The spiritual Christian has purposed in his heart or her heart not to let anything, anything, or anyone take him away from the call of God on his life. He stays in the will of God no matter what. I have seen people come right up to the spirituality. And uh, this is just one thing. I mean, I've seen other things, but one of the things that I've seen over and over again, because it works, because the devil doesn't need to come up with new plans, because they seem to work with humanity all along. And I see someone... I see someone, 
and they're getting ready to have the biggest breakthroughs. They're just, they're in, they're tasting it. They're, they're dripping with this new step into the spirit realm in their life, everything, and their destiny fulfilling with God. And guess what walks into their life? A relationship. And if it's a guy or a girl, they've been praying for this. Right? It's a relationship. Only it's not necessarily the one that God had waiting for them just a little bit further down the road. Are you getting me? And they get involved. And they slip back into soul life. And they start spending less time with the Lord and more time in this relationship. And before you know it, they're not spending any time at all on that relationship except to go to God and say, bless this relationship. I think you brought it in and I'm having some problems on it here. I'm not sure, but can you just bless this thing, God? You hear what I'm saying? And before you know it, they're gone. They get into it. Sometimes they get into it. I... There's been a woman come recently in her life. You know, relationships. We can get into deadly relationships by slipping back. The spiritual Christian submits everything to God. They don't let their soul go crazy. They're on the guard because the enemy will use anything and it can look really good. Are you hearing me? Okay. We become a spiritual Christian through dedication and commitment and by first knowing God. I want to remind you again, now as I close, the five-fold ministry in this house will equip you. They will teach you how to know God intimately. They will teach you how. They will tell you what it takes and the things that you can do to walk by the Spirit and to become a son and a daughter and walk with him at all times. Do you want that? Let's stand. I'm going to pray for you. I mean it. Do you want this? I want this. I don't want to be walked, rocked to and fro. I don't want to be in a boat that's always on the waves and the waves are rocking. Every time you see me, i got a new story to tell you because life has been wavy. It's been stormy and i got to tell you all my, all my stories because, ah. No. I want to come in and tell you that I saw somebody in a storm and I couldn't get to them. They were too far away, but the power of God came on me and I walked on the water. And I went to the boat, and I spoke to the storm, and it stopped. And I saved the passengers on the boat. That's the kind of story I want to be able to tell you. And the only way I'm going to get there is if I start walking in the Spirit. The only way I'm going to get there is if I start dealing with my own time schedule and my own selfishness and the soulishness that tries to erupt in me. It makes me a mad woman, a crazy woman. I only want to be crazy for God. 
crazy for God. I, I posted on my, on my Facebook a video that Bill Norton had sent to me. It was these five guys looking weather like it did three days ago. It looked freezing cold. They were on an icy river. And these, these uh, three or four men were out there pounding the ice, and I thought, well, they must be going ice fishing or something. You know, it's like, it says watch, so I'm an obedient little girl, and I, and I love this brother, this man of God. And I'm like, okay, if he thinks it's worthy, I'll watch, right? So I'm watching the things going along, and they're poking, and they're going like this, and, you know, and pretty soon someone out of the, the side I can't see comes in with a chainsaw, and they start cutting this ice. And I'm thinking, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big hole for ice fishing, but okay. Maybe there's big fish in here. I don't know. Where, where the heck are these guys? So they do this. They get the ice out. It's, it's as big as like a, a, a three-and-a-half, four-by-eight table. And I'm watching this video, and the next thing, these two men get in the water. And they're up to their knees in water, freezing cold. You know how cold it was a couple of days ago? Come on, it's, it's still back there in our memories. And I'm like, what in the world are they doing? And then I see this girl. She's not much older than Chelsea. And she walks out, and she's just kind of wearing clothes like that. Everybody else has big bundled coats and knit caps on, gloves. And she goes and she gets into that hole of water. And they baptize her. They put her all the way under. Baptized her in the name of Jesus. And I'm just like, wow! 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 A lot of people made comments on my, on my Facebook. Everybody was telling me that Athena said, that was crazy. But what that was, was it was crazy. It was crazy for Jesus. It was crazy for Jesus that overtook every, every feeling of, oh my gosh, this is going to be cold. No, I'm not. I'll die if I go in this water. I'm going to get a cold and die. There's no sense. I'll wait. I'll go in a bathtub. I'll do it. And I'm not saying anything about it, but it was one of the most powerful things I ever saw in my life. Talk about commitment. It was awesome. And she came out of that thing glowing. Now, imagine being frigid. You know, this is freezing temperatures. That water is at least 30 degrees. And she's just there, and they come, and they put you know stuff on her and warm her up. And she's just smiling. I want that. I want that kind of endurance. I want that kind of commitment. I want that kind of sight that no matter what the obstacle is, if it's time to get baptized or do something that Jesus wants me to do, I'm willing to do it at all cost to myself. Amen? Let's pray. Sean, have you got a prayer to pray over this? No? Come on, you do. You do. You are one of these people. How many people want to be a son or a daughter of God in the fullest sense? Raise your hand. Don't raise it for me, but raise it to God. Do you want all of God? Raise your hand and say, hey, check me out down here. It's me waving, Father. It's me. We want all of you. We've seen more, and we want all of you, God. We don't think you're going to put us in a freezy cold river, but whatever it takes, Lord. (laughs) 
whatever it takes. God, I pray that the seed you have sown in this mist will bear fruit of the Spirit, spiritual fruit in every life that is within the sound of my voice, whether it's in this room or it's on some, some airwave somewhere in Zimbabwe. I don't care where it is. God, that your seed will reproduce and it will bear fruit, God, in their lives. And they will be men and women that walk by the Spirit and are led by the Spirit, and you call them sons of God. And God, when they finish this race and they meet you face to face, Lord, that you will say, well done. Well done, my son. Well done, my daughter. I'm well pleased with what you've been doing. Father, bless them and seal this word to their spirit. God, I pray that you put a fence around this planting that you've done this morning, that you don't let the enemy come in and try to snatch it from them and pull it out, God, that you don't let the enemy come into the garden of their heart and sow weeds, Lord, so this doesn't grow. God, I pray that you will water it and you will oversee it and you will make sure that it grows, just like I said earlier about the beanstalks. Lord, this is supernatural seed, and may it grow quickly in every heart. May there be your manifest presence over it, Lord. May there be mysteries untold come forth, and and miracles, God, coming forth out of every life in here. Lord, that they have the power to walk by faith, that that they have faith, Lord, and confidence in you, in you, Lord that they know we don't do anything by ourselves. It doesn't come from us. It comes from you, and it's only you. Lord, you are our source. We tap into you. And, Father, we drink the new wine of the kingdom. And, God, we thank you for the crushings, and we thank you for the pressings in these days because you are bringing new fourth wine in our lives, God. And we thank you for it in your name, Jesus. We thank you for it in your name, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, hallelujah, touch each one, Holy Spirit. Amen. Just a couple of things. For those of you that may remember Ellis, Audrey, and Helen, used to roll the trumpet, uh, he's passing. So I want you to pray for Audrey and Helen, his daughter. Uh, I'm going to go down sometime this week and uh, just have that time with him because he's off food. Now he's just on liquids. And uh, they know it's going to be fairly soon. So pray for Audrey, his wife. Also, if you look in your bulletin, uh, we have the men's gathering on the 28th at Sean Wilder's. So if any of you need a ride at 5.30, right here we'll head on to Sean's at 6 o'clock. But also, if you look inside your bulletin, uh, we're going to begin, for those of you that would like to have a foundation of the Word, we're going to start twice a month on Sundays. It's only half an hour. It's going to be from 8.30 to 9.00. So if you'll come in the morning, it'll give you an opportunity. We're going to kind of start with Genesis and the New Testament, but it'll give you a foundation of the understanding of some of the things that uh, will enable you to be able to watch your life, realize that your life is just like the stories you're reading. Different time, different people, the same story. So that's available to you, so make sure you check out your bulletin, and all are welcome. Any other announcements? Whoa, that's what I'm talking about. 70 degree weather? Awesome.
Oh, cool. Awesome. All right. <laughs> Bring a friend. Tom, I love you. Kyle, I love you too, dude. Kyle's good. Oh, look at them legs. I didn't see that, dude. Oh, come on. <laughs>